Hi there, and welcome to another episode of African Business Stories, your insight into female innovators and entrepreneurs building and running businesses in Africa. I am Akego Koye, and on the show today, we make a slight pivot. As some of you know, majority of female-owned businesses on the continent are SMEs. Some are even micro. All are heavily impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. This interview is the first in a series of focused conversations around solutions and tools for entrepreneurs and business owners in Africa. I'll be speaking to companies and organizations providing much-needed support for SMEs. Today, I'll be chatting with Omo Shalawa Adeyemi, also known as O. She's the head of global partnerships and expansion at Flutterwave, a Lagos-based fintech company that helps banks and businesses build secure and seamless solutions, making it easier to do business across the continent. They recently launched a new product to support SMEs in Africa. It was an interesting and insightful conversation focused on solutions. Enjoy. Oh, I was just wondering if you can very quickly just tell us a bit about um, about you, you know, tell us a bit about your background and how you came to, to tech and to work for Flutterwave. Absolutely. Uh, full name is Omashaliwa Adeyemi, but everybody calls me O, as you know. Uh, born and raised in Nigeria. Moved to the U.S. when I was about 15 and a half um, Moved to California, went to college in California at UC Berkeley, um, studied business administration. Then um, while I was in college, I had this moment of I would like to have a career in a field that I know that I can at some point go back home and use some of um, the experience I gained in the U.S. to make that sector better at home. So I decided to go into healthcare, um, not practicing healthcare. I never want to be a doctor. I squirm at the sight of blood. <laughs> so I figured that was one um, factor that probably disqualified me. So I went into healthcare consulting, uh, focusing on revenue cycle analysis for a private consulting company in San Francisco mm-hmm. um, with the intention of one day going back to Nigeria or somewhere else in Africa and seeing what we can do to improve our healthcare systems. I was there for about three years before I slowly and painfully realized and accepted um, that I wasn't quite fulfilled Hmm. in the space. Um, At the same time, I didn't really know what else there was out there or what else I would be interested in. Um, Because up to that point, healthcare was the only thing I was exposed to. And I thought to myself, well, you've always wanted to get an MBA. This sounds like a good time to go back to school and figure out what's next. So I went to grad school. I went to um, MIT Sloan School of Management. While I was there, met lots of people who came from different backgrounds got to learn what things like private equity and venture capitalism were. (laughs) Then I started hearing just this one term, fintech, that was just being thrown around. This was in 2015. So in Africa, um, Mm. this was sort of like post the beginning of the rise of fintech on the continent. Mm. Um, Wasn't really sure what it was, 
But I went to a few seminars that some of my professors hosted with speakers who worked in the space to um, get more information, get more education. At the time, I was also organizing the Africa Innovate Conference for MIT. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity to have a fintech panel and invite some of these speakers to come mm-hmm. and talk about what's happening on the continent. Right. Um, from there, I realized that the problem that fintech was trying to address were actually problems that I faced in my own life, sometimes on a daily basis, like being in the U.S. trying to do something in Nigeria that involves sending money. Right. It's like sometimes painful. It's quite expensive. Or having a sister who is a fashion designer wanting to purchase a swatch on Amazon and not being able to. And somehow I have to figure out how to help her make the purchase. So I made a list of some of the criteria um, of what I was looking for in a post MBA role. I wanted it to be in the fintech space, um, preferably something to do with payments or loan platforms preferably something in emerging markets with a strong um, priority for Africa. Um, then I, I wanted to be able to maintain my base in the somewhere in the U.S. And after searching high and low, there was one company on the list that sort of checked all the boxes of what I was looking for. Um, at that time, Flutterwave was, I want to say, about eight months, maybe nine months old. So there wasn't that much information on the internet. I was trying to figure out exactly what this company does. How do I get in? Um, It wasn't that clear. It wasn't that information. (laughs) I didn't know anybody at the company, but I thought I'd try it anyways through their um, contact us form on the website. At the time, I just sent a very brief message saying, hey, I'm interested in your company. I don't see a careers page. I don't know if you're recruiting. I don't know if you have a presence in the U.S., but if you do, I'd very much um, like to chat. And then fast forward almost three years later, uh, here I am. Now enter Flutterwave. So you're the head of global partnerships and expansion. Yes. And I know that in in a pre-COVID world, you would be circumnavigating the the earth or the continent, as it were. Um, So if you can just tell us a bit about Flutterwave and what... Flutterwave does and um, the solutions that it brings specifically to the African continent and businesses there? Yes, absolutely. Um, So Flutterwave was founded in May of 2016. So we're four years old um, this month. Congrats. Um, We're headquartered in San Francisco, but largely operating on the African continent and building payment solutions for Africa. The company was founded um, on the premise of solving the digital uh, payments problem in Africa. Unlike uh, the US or North America or even Europe, where we're pretty much developed when it comes to digital payments, when we're transacting online, we can check out easily um, with our cards. Sometimes we'll make a payment with our bank account. The story is quite different in Africa. Um, One, you start with the number of countries that we have on the continent, over 50. Then across those 50 plus countries, you have about 40 currencies. Um, In addition to that, you have a high prevalence of different types of payments 
across countries. So mm -hmm. what that means is if you're looking at Nigeria, for example, you find that most digital payments are made either through um, a debit card or a bank transfer. Right. But the story is quite different when you start to look at other African countries. You find a blend of card payments, um, mobile payments, QR-based payments, USSD-based payments, hmm. most of which are often not interoperable. In the case of mobile payments, um, if you look at Ghana, for example, they have three mobile payment operators in that country. Right. Um, they've got MTN, they've got Airtel, and they've got Vodafone, in addition to card payments. So if you are a business who's operating in Ghana and you want to make sure that you can maximize your revenues and reach all your customers easily, mm -hmm. you have to ensure that you provide support for all of those payment forms on your platform. Right. Now, easy as it may be to connect to four different payment schemes for one country, what happens when you want to expand to neighboring Sierra Leone or you want to expand to Cote d'Ivoire, or now you want to go to Kenya. Right. You typically find, on average, you have about three to four payment types per country, and it starts to get extremely cumbersome when you're just a small business who hand makes shoes, and now all of a sudden, because you think you have customers in five countries, you have to figure out how to partner with 20 different payment instrument issuers. Wow. You have to figure out how to negotiate and sign contracts with them. You have to figure out if you actually need to incorporate local entities for your business in all of mm. these countries. You have to figure out how to build the technical expertise to actually connect to each of these different payment types. It's just really expensive, yeah. time-consuming. Yeah. Most businesses that can do it are sort of enterprise-level businesses. So Flutterwave came into the picture with the mindset to solve that problem. Right. The idea was, why can't we build a pan-African switch that connects to each of the payment schemes that we have across countries in Africa so that we can standardize not only the technical connection part, but we can also make it easier for businesses to contract, um, for businesses to accept or send payments from that country. And that's mm -hmm. like the premise of what we started it with. That's still our main focus. But of course, um, from lessons we've learned across markets launching, we've sort of added um, a few pivots, I would say. Uh, to, to what we work on. But at the base of what we do, we're a payment technology company. We want to build one digital payment infrastructure that works across Af Africa, regardless of the country, regardless of the currency, regardless of the payment type, so that it can be easy for a business, enterprise, SME, or even individuals to move funds across the continent. Having lived in Nigeria prior to the fintech boom, I totally appreciate the issues Flutterwave seeks to solve. We talked about their customers, the value of strategic partnerships, and their commitment to be solution providers in Africa. Taking a quick step back um, and, and taking a look in, we've tried to structure the business um, to be two-pronged. We have a B2B side of the business, 
and we okay. have a B2C side of the business. Okay. The B2B side of the business handles um, our relationships with other businesses, um, right. our bank partners, our telco partners, while the consumer side of the business um, works directly with consumers by providing them with a P2P application, which I can get into a little bit. Um, on the consumer side, it's an app which I'll liken to a PayPal or a Square Cash. It allows okay. for funds movements between individuals, whether on the platform or whether from MTN in Ghana to Airtel in Uganda. Right. Uh, we also launched it in partnership with Visa. So there is a virtual card issuing component in the application that allows people to make payments for their Spotify subscription, for example, because their MTN wallet today might not be accepted on Spotify. In addition to that, we built in some value-added services like the ability to pay your bills from home, be it your utility bills or be it your tax payments. So really just trying to think of all the ways in which a business or an individual needs to complete a financial transaction and making that as seamless um, as possible for them. Um, do you track how many individuals use um, your your platform across Africa uh, separate from companies? Do you, do you track them yes. separately? Yes, absolutely. I think as at the end of, I'm not up to date on my numbers, but I'll, I can get close enough. As at the end of the first quarter of 2020, we had um, just about 92,000 plus businesses on the B2B platform. On the consumer side, I think we're up to around 75, maybe 80,000 consumers now. Um, the consumer application today is only live in three markets, but okay. we're working on expanding what are, coverage. What are the three markets? No markets. Uh, we first launched it in Nigeria, so we have the biggest user base coming from Nigeria. And then we also have it in Ghana and Uganda for now. Okay, so someone in Nigeria can use Flutterwave to pay for um, Spotify or for Netflix. Yes, okay. absolutely. So the the beauty of where we sit in being able to offer both a consumer and a business solution is up until about three, maybe four months ago, if a Nigerian wanted to pay for Netflix, um, they had to use our consumer application to get a U.S. dollar virtual card that Netflix's processor at the time is capable of accepting. But um, in 2020, we were fortunate enough to begin a partnership with Netflix where we can actually now help them accept Nigerian cards directly on their platform. So now you've gone to needing to have a USD card to pay for your Netflix subscription, to having the choice of continuing to use that USD card or just using your card that's issued by your Nigerian bank to pay for your Netflix subscription. That, that is excellent. That is absolutely awesome, especially these days where everyone's stuck at home and, you know, is living on Netflix. It's good to know that, yes. you know, in, from anywhere in Nigeria, you can use your Naira denominated card. Um, that's absolutely excellent. Just talking about partnerships, we've talked about, I just wanted to, to hear a little bit more about some of the partnerships that Flutterwave have, have gone into recently and the, the impact 
and the benefit it brings to your business and consumer customers. Um, if you can just talk a little bit about your partnership with Visa, WorldPay is another one I read about, and Alipay. Um, yeah. I think those are three really big ones. So if we can just go into those a little, that yes. would be interesting. Absolutely. So our partnerships with uh, Visa, Visa and MasterCard actually have been crucial to our existence since day one. Um, there's no way we would be able to exist as a payment infrastructure company without having the support of the two biggest card brands across right. the globe. Um, in addition to that, we've worked on um, many different initiatives with both card networks. I think I mentioned earlier on our consumer application, Bata, um, we co-launched it with them in Nigeria. I think it's going on two years now. So we, they, first of all, they're both investors in our company. Um, MasterCard was a Series A investor. Visa um, came on board as a Series B investor, which we announced towards the end of 2019. So we've had a great time working with both card networks. They enable us um, to accept or process the card payments that we process on behalf of our clients across the continent. Um, Alipay was a very strategic partnership for us in the sense that we know that there is a lot of trade between the African continent and China, other Asian countries as well. But one recurring thing you continue to hear is how difficult it is to actually move funds to complete <laughs> the trade yeah. transactions between both places. So when we started conversations with Alipay, we wanted to focus first on the consumer side. And then WorldPay uh, is the most recent of our partnerships. So they came on board as one of our Series, B's, Series B investor. Um, but, uh, we also have a partnership agreement with them where we are going to be their payment partner for Africa transactions that are coming through from their clients. WorldPay has been around for quite a few decades now, and they have a lot of expertise in the payment industry. They have a lot of relationships with many of the global companies, the Facebooks, the Googles, the Netflixes, the Spotify's, which um, for us is a very big opportunity for us to grow not only the business in terms of transaction volume, transaction count, but also to just boost um, boost our image in, in a right. way um, because it's a lot easier for me as partnerships personnel to go have a conversation with a bank now about how I can work with this bank to process payments for Facebook through WorldPay. While this bank may not recognize me because this is the first time I've ever been to this country and nobody's heard of Flutterwave, WorldPay is a name that um, is recognized in the payments and financial industry across the globe. So we're looking forward to being able to enable Africa payments for them. We're looking forward to being able to increase um, our transaction counts. And we're looking forward to working with many of the global names whom um, we otherwise might not have been able to sign on our own. So even so, just talking about the, the impact of COVID, um, we 
a lot of the people that that um, that I I interview are African business owners, and majority of businesses on the continent are small and medium sized companies, um, and they're feeling the greatest shock from from this economic crisis that is unfolding, and and we're constantly thinking about how how can we best support them? How can we even in thinking about doing this interview that the the focus was what what solutions are out there that can be useful to a business how can we sustain some of these businesses a little longer even though we know a lot might not exist in a year's time but yeah. what solutions are out there and flutterwave came to mind as as a solution um that that small medium sized micro companies can can tap into um to to help sustain their businesses borders may be shut but the internet is alive and well, um, and people can continue to to trade um, across borders, and that's what Flutterwave um, supports. Um, it was very interesting for me to read recently that you launched a new product um, targeted at SMEs, um, and kind of like in a response to to the COVID crisis. So, if you can talk a bit about that, the benefit it brings. Um, um, to the market, that would be really helpful. Absolutely. Um, so no doubt many businesses across the globe have been impacted uh, by COVID. I think even more so just scrolling through my LinkedIn and seeing the number of I've just been laid off or an article about how a company just laid off 10%, 20%, 25% of its workforce. Um, but I think on on the African continent, the effects of COVID on businesses are even more pronounced, right? Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, I'm typically on the road, barely ever at home, moved into uh, my home about two years ago, but never had time to finish it. I've been home now for about three months and I can still go online to West Elm or Pottery Barn and order things and have them easily delivered to my house. Right. I renovated one of the bedrooms in my house. I was able to order all my supplies online. Granted, some of them had two to three days um, delivery delays, but they still arrived here. I was able to go online, make this purchase. Everything I purchased showed up at my door. So as much as businesses in the West are also impacted by COVID, there's still many uh, systems in place there's infrastructure in place that can allow them to continue to transact right. online and thrive to a certain extent. That doesn't really exist on the African continent for your typical SME. Now, Flutterwave is already in that space of trying to help businesses go online. One of the biggest hindrances for SMEs transacting online is payments, uh, followed by a close second, which is logistics. We focused on solving the, the, the payment side over the last four years, but we realized as COVID started to materialize that even though we've built a platform that allows a business to accept and send payments online, for an SME, it still might be a big investment for them to get online in the first instance. Right. We started to think around what we can do to make that process easier for SMEs across Africa, given the fact that many of these businesses have limited access to infrastructure and resources. 
And that was part of um, what fueled the launch of what we call Flutterwave Stores, which we announced just over a week ago. In the simplest terms, Flutterwave Stores is an easy way for an SME to digitize their business and get easy access to inventory management tools, um, logistics services, as well as payments. It's as easy as going on to your Flutterwave account, setting up a store, adding products to your store and indicating the number of each products that you have for sale, choosing which one of our delivery partners you want to work with and already having our payments platform integrated into it. You generate a URL for your store that practically becomes your um, store's website. This is in contrast to having the owner of an SME have to figure out how to build a website, Mm. how to get a logistics partner, how to get a development team that can properly integrate a payment gateway for them. So all of those processes that are involved in digitizing your business that can often take up to six months sometimes, we've found a way to use um, some of the features we have on our platform, partner with some of our clients in the logistics space, to bring that all together into what we call Flutterwave stores so that any business practically anywhere in the world with a focus on Africa can build their own website in under five minutes. So how much does it cost for me, a small business selling wigs in, in Port Harcourt to do? What, what does it cost me? You won't believe this, but it costs you absolutely nothing. How? You have to go How? to your account on our platform, you create a store, you list your products, and you are ready to sell online. Now, it costs you nothing, it costs you nothing to create the store, but of course, because we're not a logistics company and we have to partner with logistics companies, um, their fees will be passed on to the business who, in a lot of instances, end up passing delivery fees to their customers anyways. Right. And then the only fees that are involved um, from a Flutterwave perspective are the typical transaction processing fees. So we host your website um, at no cost. You set up your store at no cost. There's no subscription. There's no one-time fee. Everything is zero cost. The only costs to be expected are the cost of delivery, which are from our partners, and then our typical payment processing costs, which um, you would get if you had your own website anyways. That is actually very, very exciting. I mean, um, it, it can make a big difference for, cost for, for business owners on the continent. Um, do you have an idea of how many people have signed up and the spread in terms of the countries? Um, yes, I do. Uh, so it, I think it's been about eight, maybe nine days uh, since we announced the launch. And we've seen just about a thousand signups, wow. most of them um, coming from Nigeria, of course, not only because it's our biggest and first market, but also because um, it's where you you have a lot of people, therefore a lot of businesses. Yeah. Yeah, but we've seen um, signups come from Nigeria, from Ghana, from Kenya, South Africa, Uganda, Zambia, um, some in Rwanda. 
uh, it's it's been quite exciting to to watch the uptake and just watch how easy it has been for businesses to to get up and running and being able to reopen their businesses during COVID. Hmm. So is this going to continue post-COVID? Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay, that's fantastic. COVID led to the fast tracking of Flutter Wave stores, but it's a solution that we think goes a long way to benefit SMEs anyways. Um, Before we started uh, the podcast, you mentioned that you've seen a lot of articles from our CEO, GB, where he always makes sure to emphasize that we're a payment (laughs) company. Um, Yes, absolutely, we're a payment company. But ultimately, um, we have to build defensibility for the business and make sure that we put in features that help us survive long term. If I can make it easy for a business to come online to sell to their clients, that's more transactions for me to process on the back end. So COVID or not, we'll always be interested in building these types of solutions and coming up with these types of innovations to help more businesses transact online. That's fantastic. So does that mean that Flutterwave is employing more more personnel, even in the COVID downturn? <laughs> um, so surprisingly, just a handful um, are have either come on board or are planned to come on board in the next two months. I think one thing that we've been fortunate enough um, to date is to not have to let anybody go just yet. That's awesome. Even though we are seeing um, some slowed down transactions from some of the sectors where we operate, like travel, for example, we're being able to pivot and build other solutions um, where we can easily redeploy personnel uh, where necessary. So we're trying to stay (laughs) above the water. Good. Well, well, COVID is ongoing. Yeah, that's that's good to know. So, in in this value chain that um, that Flutterwave has, and is and in in the pivot, is there is there space for for other partnerships from smaller companies, service providers? Um, is there space in because of course some people, like we've said, have been laid off. Some people are looking for how to pivot or grow their business. You know, as they're listening to this podcast, are there things can they? I mean, one of the things I, I'll leave you to talk about it, but I was thinking about fulfillment and logistics, like just wondering, is there space for businesses to tap into to Flutterwave's um, ecosystem? Yes, absolutely. I think especially on the heel of launching Flutterwave stores, mm. we have a plan to launch the product across sub-Saharan Africa. Okay. And that means that we have to find a logistics partner to work with Uh, across each of these markets. So we're very open and actually quite eager to talk to companies, regardless of size, who work in the logistics space, who can help our merchants complete that last mile delivery. So COVID or not, (laughs) we're still open to partnerships. We're hopeful that um, things will start to look up pretty soon, and we want to ensure that we're in a good position to pick back up when the world returns to the new normal. That was O, Head of Global Partnerships and Expansion at Flutterwave. Flutterwave is committed to building digital payment infrastructure in Africa, helping African businesses scale, even in a crisis. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Please do us a favor and subscribe on iTunes, 
or follow us on SoundCloud. If you could also write us a review, it would help us get the word out. I am Akego Okoye, and you have been listening to African Business Stories.